0: People of the Book on 101.9 High FM. This is People of the Book on 101.9 High FM, and we are joined over the phone today by Jessica Barry. Jessica is the author of a brand new thriller that is making waves on both sides of the Atlantic and even here on the southern tip of South of Africa. Jessica Barry works in the publishing industry. Free Fallers is, is her debut thriller. And there's quite a story around how the book was picked up by her publishers, Harville Secker, and now it's published. Welcome to South Africa, Jessica. Hi, thank you so much
1: for having
0: me. It's, our, it's more than our pleasure. I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the book. I finished it in a few sittings, but before we get to the book... Ooh. Who is Jessica Barry? Can you tell us who you are? Introduce yourself to our listeners in your own words and on your own terms.
1: Sure. Um, so I'm a veteran, as you can probably tell, but I've lived in London for the past 15 years. Um, and you said, I work in publishing, um, and this is actually not my first novel, uh, Jessica Barry pseudonym. I wrote a few books under my real name. They were kind of women's fiction books. And with this, it felt like such a different kind of book from what I'd been reading before. It felt like it necessitated a new name, so I chose Jessica Perry because I always wanted to be Jessica.
0: <laughs> and you do work in the publishing industry at the moment.
1: I do, yeah. I still have my day job, and so yeah, quite busy. <laughs> day job during the day, and then I I write during the evenings and on the weekends.
0: Free Fall. This is a very, very exciting novel. It's a great thriller. Can you? Can you give us enough to tempt our listeners to want to go out and buy the book, but without giving too much away?
1: I hope so. Um, So it opens with a small single-engine plane going down in the Colorado Rockies. And there are two people on board, uh, a man who dies on impact and a woman who survives the crash. And we see the woman who's called Allison gathering what she can from the wreckage. And she takes off through the mountains. And we're not sure, as the reader, whether or not she's running towards safety or away from danger. And then on the other side of the country, in Maine, her mother gets a knock on the door from the police chief saying that her daughter has been killed in a plane crash. But nobody has been recovered from the crash scene. And her mother isn't quite willing to believe that her daughter has died. And mother and daughter have actually been estranged for the past couple of years. So her mother, who's called Maggie, has no idea what Allison has been up to, what her life has been like, or why she was on the plane in the first place. So from there, it becomes the two journeys, essentially. So it's Allison's journey to survive and Maggie's journey to find the truth about her daughter.
0: You managed to... That's just the springboard. You manage to then create a very powerful narrative, very thrilling, and it grips the reader as these two, mother, this mother and daughter, their investigations or their quest for survival then reaches a very great climax. There are so many scenes in the book that could only be written from someone who experienced them. Alison... Making her way across the, the, the Rockies. Uh, the type of things that she experiences, the insect bites, the, the beautiful scenery, but then the, the trekking up the mountains and down the valleys. That level of reality that you brought to that part of the book. Are you a hiker? Did you go into the Rockies and walk them yourself just to get that feel of authenticity that does come off the page?
1: No, I didn't. So I'm very glad that it comes across as well. I I am, uh, contrary to what the book might um, assume, I am not an outdoorsy person at all. I am a terrible camper. (laughs) i much prefer to be someplace where I have access to a bed. And a hairdryer. So a lot of it was just research. So I did a lot of reading up on firsthand accounts of people who had trekked through the Rockies. Um, I read a lot of like survival accounts of people who had been stranded in similar situations and had to kind of scramble to find food and water and shelter. Um, And so it was it was really more research than than personal. History. I honestly wouldn't trust myself to trek through the Colorado Rockies. I don't know how long I would make it. I don't think it would have a very happy
0: ending. This is People of the Book on 101.9 High FM. Jessica Barry's joining us from London. She is the author of Free Fall, published by Harville Secker. It's a great thriller. Jessica, you've picked up on a number of... Major issues that are coming up again and again in society. Ali in the book worked in a cocktail lounge and you show quite clearly the levels of exploitation that older, richer men subject these younger, beautiful women to in the cocktail lounge. Was this also something that you researched purely from behind your desk? Did you meet people who worked in that industry? Did you, did you, did you base some of these aspects of the novel on real life.
1: Well, I um, spent my early twenties as uh, a bartender in a cocktail bar, I and mean, not not the kind of quite the kind of cocktail bar that um, is written about in Freefall. But definitely, I think as a young woman, I think any young woman would agree that you know you're always the the subject of um, unwanted advances and. I think that there, I definitely experienced when I was bartending the feeling that because I was in a role that was, like, meant to be, like, a serving role, some of the male customers assumed that I was there to do more than just serve some drinks. And so that was the kind of, like, first, like, that was a personal history that, that definitely went into the book. And then there was a big news story uh years ago over here in the UK about this kind of club this private club that had these incredibly wealthy people these wealthy donors who were paying a huge amount of money to go to these like dinners and they hired as the waitresses these like college girls who were you know, given uniforms of an, inc- you know, very short skirts and basically told to, you know, let the, let the gentleman be a little bit handy. And so I think that there is definitely a kind of tradition of that kind of younger woman and older wealthy man dynamic that um, is really pervasive. So that's, that's kind of where Alison's experience in that cost of art came from.
0: The, the settings of the book both in San Diego and in Maine and then obviously the section that's set in, in the Rocky Mountains these aren't the normal places where thrillers are set there's not New York and there's no Los Angeles or San Francisco you've set part of the book you've anchored on either side of you know either coast of America but you've gone for slightly out of the way places why did you do that?
1: Uh, well I'm from New England originally. So I grew up in a small town that was not hugely dissimilar to um Allison's hometown in Maine, which is where her mother Maggie still lives. Um and I I think that there is a very specific characteristic to those New England small towns. I think that they tend to produce a certain type of kind of flinty, hard scrabble uh, woman, and so that I could, I couldn't picture Maggie being anywhere else other than that kind of town in New England. So that's why she ended up in Maine. And, and the, really the, the book came out, the very first idea for the book came out of a news story I read about a 14 year old girl being in a similar kind of plane crash to what Allison was in. Um, and she was the only survivor, and ended up walking through. I think she was in Washington State, and she walked through the woods <clears throat> for two days and two nights until she flagged somebody down, and um, and and then she gets to safety. So I thought, like, you if if a plane crashes somewhere more populated, then it's a different kind of story. Um, If a plane crashes in the middle of nowhere, then it really is just you versus the natural world. And that was something that I was really interested in. I was really interested in the idea of of how somebody could survive something like that, Um, almost like a kind of adventure story hidden inside of a thriller.
0: And it comes across very, very exciting as both an adventure story, uh, a survivalist adventure story and a thriller then every thriller has to have its bad villain. You've chosen a very specific type of a bad a bad villain in the book, and I want to give too much away. You do have a degree of critique on American business and the way big business interacts with government regulation and government agencies just without giving anything else away, just a few ideas about how you view the balance in America between or in the world between big business making more profit and the need for people to be protected with government intervention.
1: Well I think there is definitely um, I think it's pretty obvious that there's an issue at play where money is, um, is the driving force behind a lot of of power and a lot of decision-making in a way that is not always ethical. And I think that that was something that was really interesting to me. And the book, this doesn't give too much away, but the the main focus of of the kind of villain in this case is um, he's involved in the medical industry in the U.S. and I think that As an American who has lived in England for a long time under the NHS and like the public health service, the idea of the American health system still being this corporate entity rather than something that is there to help people, it is there to make money. And that is, I think that personally, I think that there's a fundamental problem with that because you know, having access to healthcare should be something that is a kind of a right, rather than something that is granted based on your income. And I think that the medical industry should be there to help people rather than to gain profit regardless of, of who it happens to hurt in the process. So that was like really something that I was, I've been interested in a long time and, and it was, I was really interested in exploring that, like, rather than just having Vivelin be, you know, kind of like singular nasty man, having him be more representative of um, the embodiment of of a larger issue.
0: Talking to you about the book and hearing about a real case of when a 14-year-old girl survived a plane crash in Washington State, and here you're very. Firm opinions on the difference between the American and the, and the and and the British health systems. It creates a sort of a skeleton around which these ideas go towards constructing the novel. And for me, as an interviewer interviewing authors, that's one of the great insights of this great privilege when we speak when I speak to authors, to see some of the real things that. Went into a mix that then gave birth through a lot of creativity and many many drafts and editings into the book that we lie on our couch at home and we read. It's just so it's so, it's it's so enlightening to see so many real things that go into the into a novel. And on that no point, point, on on that point, what do you read when you're not working or writing? What do I read? Yes, who and
1: Ooh, what? Oh, um, I pretty widely um I am a huge fan I've been on a big Dennis Lehane <laughs> spree recently and have just been reading everything that he's ever written and I just think that he's a complete genius so um in terms of like thrillers like I I find his stuff really inspirational and aspirational because he's so he's so good um I read pretty widely I read like a lot of non-fiction as well um I read. Uh, I read a book called *The Idiot* by Elise Bachman recently, that I loved. Um, and then, obviously, my by job too. I, it means that I I read both for pleasure and for work, so <laughs> it's quite a wide variety of stuff. But um, I'd say that I mean, in terms of people that I think are doing you know, interesting work within the genre. Dennis Lehane, um, Gillian Flynn is incredible. Um, I think Laura Lippman is really clever as well. Um, so there are a lot of really. I think it's a great time for um, for the thriller. I feel like there's a lot of really amazing people writing within the genre.
0: And, and last question, are you working on anything at the moment? Or is publicity for Freefall taking up all your spare time?
1: Uh, no, I am. I'm working on something, and I am hopefully, fingers crossed, um, I'm gonna be finish, finishing the first draft in the next couple of weeks. Um and it's, it's not a sequel or anything. It's completely different from Freefall, but is exploring kind of similar scenes. And that it's about kind of, um, you know, hopefully it's quite fast-paced, and it's about um, the dynamics between two women. And it's set in, um, again, an excellent, uh, more remote place. It uh, all takes place on one road between Texas and New Mexico, and it's set across eight hours, and it's a drive through the night, um, these two women in a car, um, and things start going awry. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm finishing that up, and then I'm sure it will be draft after draft after that, but we could be good to keep to, it towards the end soon and then get to work.
0: So, w- once all our listeners have read Freefall, there will be something else from Jessica Barry that we can all look forward to.
1: Yes, absolutely. Although I have no idea what the title is yet, so if any listeners have any <laughs> title suggestions, I am
0: all ears. Thank you so much for your time, for your passion, and for the insights into the book. I hope that uh, our listeners will be as inspired about reading it as I was when I first received my review copy. And thank you so much for bringing such an exciting story to our to to to, to the pages of the books that we read. No, well, thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun.